This episode is brought to you by Zeratech Software Development. Are you a company whose commitment to excellence demands effective software tools? Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help build or enhance your technological systems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. You can find them at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Hey guys, today on the podcast, I sat down and chatted with Brian Torla. Brian is another one of these guys that doesn't necessarily have an obsession necessarily, uh, but he's just somebody that I've really appreciated over the years. Uh, I like his approach to life, the way he looks at things. Uh, and we've got very similar ways of just studying people. That's something I talk about in here quite a bit. Just this, yeah, the studying of people, what makes them tick, what makes them uh, act the way they do, or what makes them do different things. Uh, so it's kind of exploring that, like where did that come from? Why did, why is that? Uh, and just, just having a fun conversation and catching up. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. Welcome to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. Right. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Logs, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's always weird because like we're going to have a real conversation, but you still go through this formal thing and even still but so you got to get through that and then i I, a lot of times like to introduce and say hey what did i bring you on here for just so that the audience that's listening would know what are we here for right yeah other than just explore anything but i guess the few reasons i was excited to have you on is i feel like we've had a lot of conversations over the years and we're very similar i think obviously we'll find out we're different but similar in our studying of people it seems like Like, yeah uh, yeah lots of people watching and i think we've done a lot of that together throughout you know whatever things we've done together right so a lot of people watching a lot of analyzing uh and not to necessarily celebrate it maybe i don't know maybe you can celebrate it but just to like hey where does that come from why is that what what have you gotten out of that uh and and why are you that way or is everybody that way uh and we just think we're on a different level maybe i don't know uh (laughs) But the, before we get into that or wherever this takes us, I guess I wanted to ask you first, didn't you at one point go hike the Appalachian Trail? Is that a, is no, that a thing? No, no, did no, you, um, Who am I thinking I did, of? I did a hike on the Appalachian Trail. Okay, that's what I meant, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 Right. You didn't hike it, you went hike parts of it, right? One Just part? one, yep. How long did you go for? Like a long weekend. Okay. Was Four days or something. Shortly after high school or when was that? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, I think I'd been a year or two after high school. Okay. I was trying to line up a small crew to go live in Florida for a little bit. Yeah. Like we ended up doing. Right. But um, the way it panned out was just we had been in North Carolina for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I realized at some point that it wasn't going to pan out. We weren't going to make it to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad was going out for a conference in Rhode Island. Mm. So I just looked on the map. I was like, what can I do for free somewhere between North Carolina and Rhode Island? And I just went and parked my car at a trailhead and decided to do a do a hike. Unreal. Yeah. So, and then did you get picked up and hitchhike back or what did you do at the end of it? I, uh, I actually did, hike, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, you hiked for a week and then you hitchhiked back. Or so, it was like three or four days. Three or four days, okay. Yeah. Do you remember how far you made it? Uh, no, maybe like, I mean, 30 40 miles mm-hmm. or maybe yeah maybe 
No, 20, 30 miles, something like that. Okay. Have you hike camped since then? If you want to call it hike camping, but... Yeah. No, no, I I haven't done anything like that since. Okay. Any interest in that world? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That'd be, I think it'd be cool. Yeah. Either, uh, you know, Isle Royale or wherever, I guess. But, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of cool places around like Grand Island, I think would be cool in Munising or mm-hmm. things like that. But yeah, cause I've asked like family members for whatever reason that's been just something i'm just pumped about i have done like little to none of it yeah (laughs) i just want to go hike the appalachian trail i want to go same deal go hike on the uh isle royal or or just do these different hikes and camp like this and again i talk about it more than i actually get to do it just due to schedules and stuff but i'll ask people hey would that ever interest you and they're like not a chance yeah no interest (laughs) i ever want to go hike and i'll ask other people like would that ever interest you say to go hike the appalachian trail for four months straight and it's heck yeah when can i go you know yeah for you what is it do you what's your Uh, response to would that interest you um i don't know i think doing something like that i mean you know sometimes or it's just like vacation in general sometimes you go on vacation you come back and you're feeling like oh that was fun but we're getting right back into it you know it's like hardly a blip and then sometimes you go on vacation and you get back and you're like, wow, I feel like I haven't been in real life for three weeks, you know, mm-hmm. but it was a long weekend or whatever. Right. I feel like doing something like hiking, camping, something like that. I feel like you're just immediately immersed in a different, different world. You have totally different focuses. You, you know, you, there's enough preparation and, uh, physical effort and planning and whatever else to just that's all you can focus on and then when you're hiking obviously you're watching the trail and you're thinking about what's around you and whatever and Mm -hmm. i mean i guess maybe there's some subconscious thinking about what you got going on but i think a lot of times it's just you're just immediately elsewhere and then when you're done it feels like wow i really took a break you know yeah something that just kind of shuts everything else off right right and so you're saying that could be the case even with a three-day weekend or a four-day weekend something like that yeah yeah like comparatively like if you take a short flight to somewhere and then you're figuring out your rental car and then you go and check into a hotel and then Mm -hmm. you know you've you've got all these spots that you want to drive to and check out and whatever while you're there like you know you could be kind of running quite a bit and trying to coordinate all these different reservations and all this um whereas if you're going to park the car and go hiking or camping for four days you know there's no timeline on anything there's no coordination of anything like what you leave with is what you have that's what you use Mm -hmm. and then when you get back then you know you start thinking about drive time to get home and uh, what you got to do when you get home and what time you got to be at work in the morning and all that you know Mm -hmm. so but what's your reaction to would you enjoy the four month pacific crest trail hike or Appalachian trail or anything like that. Yeah, I think I would enjoy it. Um, (laughs) it's not to say that I necessarily plan on doing it at some point, but I, yeah, it's, I've been intrigued by it before for sure. Yeah. I feel like it a little bit fits. I mean, it's like an adventure, right? And like us going to Florida, we went to Florida like that tendency to for like remember we uh, we <laughs> one night we're like we should go to florida with brian like okay let's go and we all went you know, like yeah. two weeks later whatever uh 
that tendency i feel like is what pushes me to want to go do the appalachian trail oh yeah uh, it feels like it's the same thing like that adventure that like let's go find new boundaries new horizons literally whatever right yeah uh, and i feel like well what is the difference hey because some people are like not a chance no interest and some people are like absolutely i'd love to is it pretty universal as to why people are not a chance and no interest and absolutely i'd love to <clears throat> to me i always pictured it was that adventurous spirit but some people might just be like a physical goal or something like that to say they've done something uh yeah yeah i don't know i i mean the reason that i say that i wouldn't necessarily plan on going is just because <clears throat> it's a huge time commitment mm -hmm. you know that's probably the main thing i mean if you could go hike the appalachian trail for four months come back and it's only a week later in real life mm -hmm. i mean i would do it in a heartbeat <laughs> sure i would do it next spring you know yeah otherwise it's a huge commitment for sure yeah yeah right yeah. Um, so that, I guess let's take that, take that question without the logistics and you can't remove this in real life. Right. But without the logistics of money, family, obligations, career, whatever, right. you would absolutely want to oh, yeah. go on it. Yep. And, and what would push you towards that? Would it be the adventure or would it be the, the physicality of it or the, yeah, what, what, the mental space? I mean, I guess of course it can be all of it, but yeah, I guess, uh, I don't know. I just picture you'd be. It's just a kind of a diff, you know, there's, I guess I don't know the terms for it, but like your focus thinking and diffuse thinking or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Do you know the terms I mean, for that? There, not necessarily. There may be like left brain, right brain stuff. Okay. Uh, there's even like a nervous system. There's uh, sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems that might be at play yeah. in, in that. I guess more what I'm thinking of is like, like you have your focus mode where you're specifically bashing away at something like thinking it through critical thinking whatever okay and then sometimes things get things occur to you when you're like in diffused or diffuse mode of thinking mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. where your brain is just kind of subconsciously working it over okay in the background or whatever right. you come back to it later you're like oh i got it i feel like that's <clears throat> in my mind i kind of equate like doing something like hype doing a real long hike with like a diffuse way of living or something mm. i don't know mm -hmm. where you're just kind of like yeah you can be in, in a different headspace you got you've got enough purpose in your day to where you you know you have your tasks you got to do you have maybe distances that you want to do you have maybe a you know certain things you want to see or <clears throat> whatever but not necessarily always working towards uh accomplishes accomplishing something or whatever i just think that it's not so much that there'd be like a mental goal aspect to it or a physical goal aspect to it it's just like i picture the life lifestyle to just be fun yeah you know yeah no, there obviously there's different reasons for many different people too right like a lot of people will go out there to like find themselves yeah right? uh or like a recovering drug addict Right. Well, like that's a therapy, health, you know, just to get to the other side on a mental level. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think, I wonder if most people have an element of finding themselves that they're curious about. I mean, that's a cliche thing. Right. And in reality, I feel like most of what I've read, heard, and I believe this to be true is like, if you're go that's what you're going for. You're not going to find it. 
Oh. But in a weird way, at the same time, you kind of will. I don't know. Like, it's a double-edged thing, you know? Yeah. Like, you're still going to be the same person at the end of it all. You're still going to have the, your same issues. You're still going to, whatever it is, you're not going to be transformed into this new being necessarily. But you can gain some cool insights, potentially. Uh, maybe through that diffusive thinking, just uh, getting to more of a... For me, yeah, a lot... I, I could go I could go on forever. We'll, we'll change into another role here soon, but... It, a lot of it is that mental level that I want to know. Like, I want to know where do you get to after three months? Because mm. I've been so connected for years, like all of us, right? Yeah. When's the last time you were not on a phone or an email or something for longer than two days? Yeah. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, trying to think about it, I guess probably. Yeah, honestly, I don't know if I could come up with a <laughs> with a time. Right. You know, even even like on my weekend hike on the on the trail like mm-hmm. had my phone with me for you know quote unquote in, cur- in case of emergency or to be able to touch base or whatever mm-hmm. you know it's just i don't i don't think i necessarily I, I, maybe i took a couple of pictures with it or something but yeah yeah i mean it's yeah it's kind of a comical thought like when's the last, you know what when i was 14 and right. cell phones weren't a thing right. you know <laughs> so I, was saying, I think i got my phone at 16 and it probably was when i was 15 or something yeah. yeah 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 uh so that hike you did go on though did you enjoy that yeah yeah it was a ton of fun yeah it was uh yeah there was some parts of it that were just like this is easy yeah it's like being on any other trail i've ever done or being camping anywhere else i've ever camped uh-huh and then some parts of it were like, well, I'm pretty out of my element. Really? You know? Just yeah. the physicality of it or what? Some of that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had originally planned to, I picked a couple spots on a map. I was going <clears> to <throat> start here, go to there, make it back all within this certain time frame. Yeah. And then I think I, I think the day, I think I had gone like a day or two shorter because I got to where I was going and then was like wow my knees are not gonna make it back to where i started so yeah. then that's why i decided to hitchhike that was not the original intent sure okay but, but what about then you slept in that tent by yourself overnight yeah i don't remember i think i looked at the weather <clears throat> and decided i didn't need a tent okay <laughs> which was wound up being a brutal decision because the mosquitoes were so bad oh shoot i was just sweating inside my sleeping bag but i yeah. couldn't be out of it because I was just getting eaten alive. Okay. So you were in a sleeping bag by yourself. I was going to ask you, cause I've, I've talked about that before. It's like, I've never actually by myself spent a night alone in the woods. And oh, to yeah. me, Appalachian trail is in the woods, right? I mean, yeah. it's a kind of a sparse trail going through the woods. Right. But anyways, yeah. did you get scared at all? But you didn't have time to the mosquitoes. were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, I took certain precautions. Like each night I hung my backpack somewhere and I was like, I mean the, the place where I was like, you know you're, you're trying to find this limb away from other stuff and it's just kind of a joke like yeah a bear could get this thing anywhere i put it right and i'm not about to sleep with it so you know i didn't know how seriously to take it or anything but i hung it up every night and then walked away a little ways down the trail and just parked it on a sleeping pan you know yeah but but like dark time boogeyman no type, no nothing nah yeah. no i was clear skies and starry and fireflies and whatever you know is yeah. i mean i knew i was pretty much out there i think i took off from bear mountain state park in new york and there was 
there were a lot of people in the park. But then past like the initial big lookout that everybody goes to see there, then there's I think I saw three people the last few days, you know, okay. or like throughout the few, three or four days that I was out there. Yeah. Do you remember? So, did you just stop and talk to those people? couple of them yeah um oh, yeah. one guy was on a through hike from georgia just plowing through yeah um a couple other people were doing sections or whatever mm-hmm. specifically but I, I just released a couple of weeks ago an episode with kyle Mackey from chassel oh yeah and uh he was talking about he went hiking up in alaska and you're kind of excited to go get away from people and then he ran into some people out in the middle of nowhere and he just it was unreal yeah like, people <laughs> <laughs> did yeah. you feel that at all like uh, this is awesome I, I think i think this guy that i ran into who was walking from georgia probably felt it more than i did oh, you I'm know sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he pretty much lit up it seemed like when i when i saw him but yeah uh but no those those couple or few days that you know that it took to run into people or whatever it, it wasn't much yeah it wasn't like you were deprived at that point necessarily yeah. no and i don't think there's even a full day necessarily where i didn't see somebody or see a car or whatever yeah you know it's not like a super isolated <laughs> section or whatever that i did mm-hmm. but we were talking before we got on i was on our uh, kind of a rant about the podcast and i was saying how i really enjoy it and i was also saying like there's elements of it like I don't know if I want it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like I enjoy the heck out of it. And there's something about the intentionality of it all, uh, where you and I can get to a deeper level, I think, like we we're talking about, right? But there's also things that can come with it that you're just not quite sure if you want. Anyways, I started that and I realized my point now was saying if I ever did the Appalachian Trail or the Pacific Crest Trail and I was still doing the podcast, is like that might be my might be my only way that I could do it is carry my podcast equipment with me not this stuff but by lightweight gear yeah and then cross somebody on the path and record a podcast so essentially do podcasts along the whole trail oh and yeah. then do a you know basically you're still releasing and then if your podcast is big enough you could have some income from that and that would pay for it potentially um, yeah and then just have fun with that i feel like that's the only way that i could do it without being 60 and retired oh yeah to me like yeah. I, i'm not pushing for it i'm just thinking out loud that i think that's the only way that i could ever make it happen probably but anyways yeah. you you inspired our trip to florida you went on that hike i feel like you have that adventure uh, appreciation or adventure bone or something right yeah yeah i mean i i would say so i don't know if i would claim that it's you know more or less than other people necessarily but i think you know for a while between or for a little while after high school is just trying to figure out kind of what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be and that kind of stuff too, you know? So there's some of that is tied up in that. I think just the exploration of whatever, just kind of trying to see some stuff and get exposed to some different things and see, see what clicks, you know? Hmm. So do you still feel that pull right now for things like, just trips adventures or not not necessarily that specifically but i'm just saying like the pull that brought you to florida or the pull that brought you to appalachian trail do you feel that same pull to go out and travel and see new things and adventure and whatever else Mm. some yeah and i think it probably ebbs and flows you know okay i mean you know it's a little bit different when yeah i guess you know it's a it's quite a bit different when you you know graduate from college and then you start a you know quote unquote 
real job and then you you know you buy a house and you're mm-hmm. married and you know whatever else it's just like there's all these different things that are suddenly a bit more nailed down than yeah i'm 19 years old i finished high school a little over a year ago and i'm just like what should i do you right know? <laughs> right just like trying to figure out what you're pumped on yeah but at the same time you know there's there's still occasionally times where i'm like trying to tell my wife like hey we should uh you know quit our jobs and sell our house and go do this other thing you know and it's Mm -hmm. just like you know how serious am i when i'm saying it you know probably for about 45 seconds i'm pretty serious and then whatever yeah but there's yeah i still feel that pull to some different stuff sometimes right right so there there's many ways i think about that is like that pull i still feel that and is that because that's who you are and that's what you'll feel forever or is that because you're childish and you won't grow up you know what i mean yeah i I hear you i don't know the answer to that but at the same time when i hear you say that i think to myself like why wouldn't you you know but then i'm thinking the same thing like i want to move out west and i would like i'd love to live out there (laughs) but for being the responsible adult i'm not out there you know yeah yeah it's yeah you're always uh one lottery ticket away from uh, (laughs) blowing up your whole routine you know yeah but lottery ticket aside you could make it happen like absolutely you could sell the house whatever right i mean uh, yeah money money is certainly not the only restricting factor in any of that you know right it's i don't know but you know and most most i don't know most of the time is not necessarily spent thinking about what's the next thing or what's another thing I can do or what's, mm-hmm. you know, what else would just be like extremely fun or satisfying or whatever. Right. Like most of the time is spent either. I mean, obviously whatever everybody works, but you, you know, spent doing the things you like to do yeah. in the setup that you worked for and whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but yeah, as far as it being like a, like some, like it being a whimsical trait of like a child or whether it's like a, you know, an, an insatiable thing that you'll always be chasing the rest of your life. I don't know. There's probably people on each extreme, mm-hmm. I would say that have that bug to just go, go, go. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. For me, at least I would say it's not necessarily something that's, uh, that kind of like, I don't know, not motivates, but kind of captures my overall, like, uh, when I'm just daydreaming or when I'm just, when I have free time, this is what I'm planning or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Forrester Research interviewed 206 senior technology leaders in major organizations responsible for software development sourcing. said their software development service partners do not have a full understanding of their end customer. If you're dead serious about moving faster and getting more done, Zeratech Software Development can help you move forward with confidence. Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help solve your problems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. As they align with their clients, they use a proven method to understand the scope of the problem and help demystify the steps to make it go away. They will deliver the software solution you need, and they do it with the integrity that you'd expect from a family-owned business in the heartland of America. 
Schedule a call with the team at Zeratech today at Zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. And it's not something I like. Uh, it's not like a huge... It's not something that I'm thinking about all the time necessarily, and it's not like consuming me, right? Like I'm still able to function outside of it for sure. But like yeah. today I was doodling and I drew a mountain landscape thinking about hiking. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like for sure it's there. And I don't think it's childish. I think it's just because you have that draw. But I, I guess I like to think about, yeah, what, I don't know, just the defense mechanisms that you have in place or or. Or also, yeah, that that feeling of you should be a more mature adult and just let it go. Oh, you know? oh, yeah. Uh, you know, stick your nose <laughs> to the grindstone, keep yeah. working. Yeah. You know, that's that's something that <clears throat> the nose to the grindstone concept always just makes me think of like, uh, just like <clears throat> the whole thought of like people used to get a job and do it for thirty years, mm-hmm. and people. Or the thought that, you know, now people tend to change things up every once in a while. And if somebody got a job today and stayed at that job for 30 years, it would be like this huge anomaly. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think th- about that a lot. I don't know. It's weird. Don't necessarily have a plan for, you know, the things that I want to do or whatever over the next 30 years. But I would be blown away if I was still at my current job and... 30 years from now yeah i I I think it's been said i don't know where i heard this but that like our parents generation on average they'd have like two and a half careers okay Mm. if you took the average across the board whereas us it's like projected to be 15 or something like that right (laughs) it's that same deal like that mobility and then also the uh yeah i don't know there's a difference but also i kind of struggle with like the people have so many ways to look at it a little bit struggle with like people saying i need to be loyal to the company Mm. where it's like that company would ditch you tomorrow Mm. if it meant their bottom line you know yeah yeah at the same time there's value and loyalty i don't know for sure you know yeah and i guess i don't know maybe it just yeah i don't know i don't know what it is it's interesting to think about maybe maybe it is just accessibility to other options or something yeah but the again i go through the debate of uh, this is interesting, but anyways, I'll, I'll touch on something else in a second, but I go through the debate of, is this draw for adventure to go out and see these new things and check out these new places, whatever else, is it childish or is it part of who you are? And if you're intentional, like that's a lot, a lot of what I talk about on here is tension, intentionality. If you're intentional and you structure your financial life, your personal life, your career life on um, where you can still do that, like what's wrong with it? Like, why wouldn't you? Right. Yeah. And I guess everyone's just got to create their own way. But it, this is interesting because here I am spouting out about uh, like my thoughts and what I'm going through and that speaks to I think who you are that's interesting does that make sense like I feel like you've always been the type where people are very comfortable to come to you and be like hey here's something I'm working through what do you think do, oh. you, do you feel that uh, yeah because <clears throat> yeah, I've I, done that to you yeah I've definitely yeah I tend to do a lot more listening than talking I'd yeah. say I guess I'll, you do a lot more listening than talking I think so yeah or at least historically, you know, <clears throat> growing up and stuff, I feel like people are always like, why are you so quiet? Yeah. You know, why don't you say anything? Why don't you, whatever, you know? Right. I either misheard you or you mi- mix the things. Oh, That's what I was just clarifying. You oh, do more yeah. listening than talking, just making sure I understood yeah. correctly. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's interesting though. 
because I feel like that, yeah, what does that come from? But then I guess that does tie back into like what we were talking about, the people watching side of things. Do you remember at what age you realized that you did that? that uh, I guess it was probably like, hmm, I don't know. I, I don't know how early you really start uh, self-reflection to any level, but right. I guess probably just, when you just be in a situation, whether it's a game or in class or conversation or whatever, or quote unquote conversation, mm-hmm. I guess if you're not really saying anything, right. but in a group setting of some kind and you feel like you're, or like I would feel like I'm being totally part of everything that's going on and I'm you know, participating just as much as anybody else and then have somebody turn to you and be like, why are you being so quiet? <laughs> right. You know, and then have that realization that, huh, yeah, I guess I'm not saying anything. <laughs> and like, didn't, you know, whatever, didn't really put it together that I'm being reserved or I'm being quiet or I'm not saying anything or whatever. Yeah. You know, it was, I don't know. I imagine I was a kid. I don't know how old or young, but. Yeah. Um, do you, thinking back to that, do you remember, was it that you were reserved or you're so engaged in the act of observing that you were not participating necessarily on a verbal level uh, do you remember why it was probably i don't know i guess i because i could think of then like examples in say in class in school or whatever where you know you're always encouraged to ask questions mm-hmm. whenever you don't know something ask whenever you don't know the answer to something ask a question or if you never if, if you don't understand something let me know and i'll explain it you know I remember having different thoughts of like, you know, I'd be sitting in class and not see how something lined up or not understand something. But instead of asking my question, I'd just sit on it. And then after, you know, something was said or after something was pointed out again or whatever, eventually it would click. Mm. And I'd be like, oh, I answered my own question. I I get it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then nobody ever had to know that I was mixed up or something. Sure. Whereas... And I guess there's some, maybe there's some aspect of being able to anticipate, like, you know, they're saying this, this is a new part, but it leaves this open-ended. Probably what they're going to do next is explain how it ties together, Sure. you know, and then be just like sit and wait for him to say it and then be like, okay, I got it. Mm-hmm. Versus like, I remember having thoughts where other people would ask questions and it's not necessarily that it's dumb questions or anything, but... I probably even had the same question, but I would have been like, to me, it seemed obvious that that's the next thing they're going to go to. Yeah. And if you just wait for them to get there, they're going to say it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't remember where we started with but, that thought, but uh, no, I was curious if you were not engaged in that group setting because you were more intently observing oh, yeah. or that you were, I don't remember what the other alternate op- option was, but was it more intent reserved. on observing or just reserved in general? Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I think it was probably just more just like just ultra engaged and just just making my own connections and, you know, <clears throat> probably even having my own dialogue in my own head or whatever, you know, and just like I was, I was totally there. I totally felt part of the group and didn't feel apart from anything. And yeah, yeah. people would be like, you never talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Right. Yeah. But 
Huh. It just wasn't like, uh, yeah. That's interesting because I feel like you got out of that, right? Like I would have never looked at you as somebody who doesn't talk or engage in group settings, or maybe it's just the group settings that we interacted in. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, I would say I got out of that for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, part of what I was curious about is like why, and also I'm curious. I'm almost curious about like, are we actually different? Like in my head, I'm asking you about this, and in my and you are on a, a spectrum where you're more of a people watcher, more observant than most people. But is it true that everybody is, and and we've just talked about it? Do you have any thoughts on that? I guess on the are you on the higher end? Not not like yeah, it's yeah. Unco- it's not yeah. like an ability thing, right? It's right. not. It's just more of like an interest level for like, sure. Yeah, I think I think any of the things that you notice or get a chuckle out of or whatever are entertained by. You could point out to somebody and they would look at it and be like. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, and then go back to whatever they were thinking about, you know. Right. At least that's how I think of it. Is just like an interest level thing. But yeah. um, yeah, I don't know. I one thing that has come up recently in a in a different thing, talking to somebody else was just that, like people's gates, people, the way that people walk mm, mm-hmm. is just like very distinctive and. Right. I just I've always gotten a kick out of and actually I've wanted to kind of see how I walk because (laughs) like would I annoy myself or would I think it was funny or do I picture I just like walk so like how you're supposed to walk or what you know yeah just stuff like that where you know some people fly high on their toes when they walk or some people are toes in or toes out or their shoulders are swaying big time or they don't sway at all or Mm -hmm. you know whatever just how people you know the the foot strike is different or in, like next time you're in in a place where there's a lot of like a tile floor hallway or whatever and you're sitting there and people are coming by like listen and you'll be able to hear i think okay so here's one fun theory is that i think people listen to the listen to themselves walk without realizing they listen to this, themselves walk like drag a boot heel and then let your let your uh, foot fall flat, and then your laces clack. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, you know, drag the heel, foot fall, with laces, you know. And mm-hmm. it's like a repeated pattern. And I don't know. The only thing I can think is just that it's like, I mean, maybe people pay no attention to it whatsoever. Or maybe people are just like, they get tuned into a cer- certain rhythm, and they don't even know they're doing it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just like, yeah, there's this quirky stuff like that. That's just, I got to kick out of. Yeah. No, I bet you there's some reality to that. I'm learning it. I'm taking the psychology class right now. Um, and I can't remember the term. It's like auditory adaptation, I think. And it'd be like, you can hear the sound of the AC at first when you walk into a house, but within five minutes, the sound is gone and oh, it's yeah. not there, but you can still, that your brain is still processing that sound. So you can have a, you can be in a situation where you're hearing this sound, your brain is still processing it. It's still there. It can be aggravating to you, but you're not actually cognitively aware of the fact that it's happening. So for sure, they're like, they're hearing it and they're listening to it, but yeah. it may not be that they're aware of the fact because they've, again, the repeated continuous sound of it will, uh, dim it'll decrease their active awareness of that sound. Yeah. Um, is it something like that kind of like the, do you think that listening to it and, but the fact that they're not aware of it is just an adaptation thing or like, yeah, a, I can <clears throat> see that for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. Sometimes 
I'll realize that I'm dragging my heels or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'll adjust how I'm walking because <laughs> for whatever reason it comes to my attention, and then I'm annoyed by it, and then I don't drag my heels or like whatever, you know. Yeah. Know. Something I've thought about quite a bit is people who there's people that you've met. I, it's got to be true for everybody, I would think. People that you run across that seem to have to, not total on the far end of the spectrum of limited awareness of how they affect the people around them, right? Yeah. Uh, and it, again, there's spectrums and there's extremes and everything, but limited awareness to the point where you think, and I think, or not, I'm not saying we've even talked about this, but I think to myself, how are you not aware that this <laughs> frustrates everybody? <laughs> or how are you not aware that this is detrimental to your end goal or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and sometimes it's got to be a, a divergent thing there where they are aware and they just don't care or they have some other ulterior motive or it's got to be also somewhat time true that they are just totally unaware. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's been like a fear of mine of like, <laughs> you see that person who is totally unaware of like, if that was you, you would have no idea. Yeah. So you could be doing things that annoy everybody yeah. or, or whatever the term is, annoy, frustrate, whatever. And you have no idea about it. And, and, the, and the paradox is you don't know because you're unaware of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, that's been a fear of mine is like, there's how the heck do you know? You don't know, right? right. Uh, right. Yeah. And I feel like maybe that's partially what drives that observation of like, okay, I watched this person. How do people react to them? What did they say? How did they say it? Okay, I learned there. And I just, that's like, I feel like that's what a lot of it is. And does that stem from like, a, I feel like I've heard it said that the people who are intense people watchers, not trauma necessarily, perceived trauma not even trauma that's a that's a trigger word um something in their development has them honed in on how the world reacts to them oh. maybe in a social setting and that'll lead them to be those hard observers huh. uh I, I don't know if i'm describing that correctly but does that seem like that could be true like for whatever reason that again trauma is not the right word yeah or or maybe that's like the technical word they use for it but it's not like a right. intense physical trauma that you associate with the mm-hmm. with the word trauma right or even even people uh like i feel like things can come in a roundabout way for example people will say hey you're really good at asking questions on here for example right mm. and like how did you get that or where did that come from and i'm like that came from a place of fear <laughs> so, social anxiety yeah. you know what i mean yeah. people like you might be like hey you're good at visiting with people or talking with people or asking questions and you're so comfortable with it. And it's like, that's because I was the extreme opposite. <laughs> and I learned that if I ask somebody a question, I don't have to talk. For <laughs> you know, <laughs> there was a curiosity with it too. Right. Right. I mean, at least at times. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but then you get good at knowing what's the next question so that I don't have to talk again. And then eventually you realize, man, this is fun. I'm not actually scared anymore. Let's keep this going. You know? Yeah. Um, so that same mindset brought to the people watching, I feel like is true. There's something like the, the fear of not having friends or the fear of not being accepted or yeah. something like that leads you to that where you're like honed in on. on yeah, that. it could be, it could be as simple as just that example I gave that people turn to you occasionally and go, why are you not talking? Yeah. You know, and you start like really tuning into people and being like, how much do people talk? Yeah, and then <laughs> in the meantime, how do they walk? How do they do anything? You know, yeah, and just being like that example of you're you're this other for whatever reason. You know, maybe yeah. it is part of that, or like 
I went through a phase as a kid where I would repeat everything I said. So like I would say it. Okay. And then I would whisper it to myself oh, yeah. again. Yeah. And like trying to make sure, I don't know if it was just like making sure I said it right or whatever. Yeah. But it was just something I did. And then one day I got called out on it. I don't remember what I said, but then I whispered it back to myself and he turned back to me and was like, what'd you say? And I could tell by the look on his face, he knew what I said right. and that I was repeating it back to myself, but he was just like, he, maybe he didn't know if I knew it or he was like kind of teasing me, you know? Yeah. And I was like, nothing. <laughs> and whispered it back to myself. I was like, oh crap, <laughs> I have a problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, I need to fix this. And I don't know. I mean, since that day, as far as I know, I don't do that anymore. Or maybe I have a few times, you know? But, yeah. Yeah. I, it probably is things like that where, you know, you're just like, you're living your life and people are like, why did you do that? Hmm. Not necessarily in a bad way, but just pointing it out to you that that was odd. Right. <laughs> you know, you're, you're a little stranger in my mind because of this. Right. And it's like, oh, well, okay. You know, yeah. Maybe it's born out of that. I wonder, I think that might be pretty common. My brother Evan used to always do that. Oh, really? Say something, then repeat it. Whisper yeah. It. yeah right? <laughs> just uh, whispering uh, it back to yourself verbatim. Not yeah. for anybody else to hear, but you're just like, just repeating it, echoing it. Right. Right. But also at that age, when we, like, we've had a lot of these conversations at those ages, like 15 years old, 16, 18, 17, right in that window, right? You're, that's at the age of like, uh, trying to fit in, right? Mm, yeah. I mean, there's people that will try to be rebellious, but in my head, they're being rebellious to fit in with a rebellious crowd, right? Like, it's kind of all, uh, where, where, yeah, you know, does that make sense? Right? Yeah. 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 So I feel like that at any given moment, that's when you're going to be most, again, the people watching, you're really, yeah. on average concerned about how your peers perceive you yeah and and again spectrums right mm -hmm. um <clears throat> yeah probably the fact that you can stereotype any group of people that you want to probably lends to the fact that people people watch and right. conform to what they like or whatever you know mm. at least to a certain level right but that's what makes me wonder is like how unique are we or is that everybody and other people just haven't talked about it necessarily as much. It seems <laughs> like there's gotta be a spectrum, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we just happen to be on like the, the high end of how entertained can you by, be by this <laughs> dull topic of <laughs> what that guy just did over there. Right. You know, I don't know. But to me, it's like <laughs> endlessly fascinating. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like you, yeah, I've said this, I've said this before. You have two people come into a room each say us the exact same thing and the entire room will receive it way differently depending on who it is how it's said their body language oh yeah what the context is around it obviously right yeah um but that to me is always endlessly fascinating too like why is it that when this guy does this everyone else receives it this way when this guy does everyone else receives it this way and again like study that focus on that what's the difference what's going on not even that I don't, maybe like subconsciously i'm trying to figure it out for myself but more just i don't know it's just super engaging yeah yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking of examples of like whatever. If somebody like the wide range of reactions that we would have to somebody walking into the room right now and being like, "I have a gun," right? 
you know, depending on who it is, how they said it, yeah. how they held the gun, like we would be wildly different, different reactions to that situation. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know why it's just, yeah, I get such a kick out of just. <laughs> yeah. For sure. If it's your buddy, like smiling. Yeah. I've got a gun. You're like, sweet. Oh, cool. Let me yeah. check it out. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Huh. It's yeah it is funny yeah that interest in people watching and again the curiosity level for me is what i feel like drove me towards sales Mm. uh just be having the interest in people like i said maybe it started off as social anxiety but eventually i realized like man people are interesting and i'm super curious about it um and then realizing that hey if you are good at working with people this is a very lucrative path to go down um but and then just again that whole topic is endlessly fascinating like knocking on a door doing sales you're better off being perpendicular to the door like shoulders at a 90 to the door so oh. that when somebody comes to the door they don't perceive you as a threat whereas if you're standing overbearing shoulders hunched standing at the doorway they're going to perceive you and automatically be defensive oh, whereas yeah. if you're standing sideways like halfway walking away they're gonna be like hey hey what can i do for you you know yeah. so things like that are just yeah the same deal just endlessly fascinating yeah um, you had a, a stint in sales or like a short stint. Did you sell cable or phone or something like that? Or did you, uh, No, I think no? I interviewed for a place down there and then maybe went on a couple of calls with the guy or whatever okay. and then decided not to do it. Okay. Uh, but I feel like you have that aptitude. Have you, like, have you considered it? Like say within the engineering world? Uh, no, I haven't. I mean, I don't, I don't think I have the expertise with anything engineering wise yet to do any sales type stuff okay. and maybe i don't know i suppose there's there's realms of it that you could just train into mm -hmm. directly but um no i haven't considered that too much and i guess i don't really think i've ever held like a sales or pseudo sales position anywhere yeah but at the end of the day it's just people like i i don't know just are you honest? Do you work hard? Can you communicate? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Take that, apply that to whatever your thing is, engineering or anything. And I feel like you could be a really effective salesperson. And, and I've talked about this before is like the effective salesperson isn't the smooth talker. It's the best listener across the board is my opinion. Um, and you, we just 20 minutes ago said, Hey, some people have told you that you do a lot, or I mean you, and you feel this way as well, right? That you're a better listener than you are a talker. To me, that's the recipe for a really successful salesperson. Um, and I, do you feel like you've heard this a lot that the engineering and sales path, like if you're an engineer who can also communicate really well, that you're a pretty big asset or that you could, you have the potential to be a really huge asset for an engineering world type uh, company. I think I've heard that. Yeah. And yeah. I think it, yeah, just kind of fits into that whole, if you're kind of bridging a gap or whatever mm -hmm. ability to fill a gap and that gap in particular happens to be a, well yeah sought after <laughs> yeah do you have you followed or read scott adams at all mm -mm. the author of the dilbert comics oh no trav kangas told me about him but he uh has a book called and actually adam tyvikoski mentioned too but anyways he has a, a book how to fail at everything and still win big okay mm. uh basically he failed at everything but still was super successful and and what many concepts in there but one of the concepts he calls is it called a skill stack that like he was the 
not the great like a lot of people want to be the top one percent of one percent of basketball players and be an all-star right yeah. whereas he he would argue that if you're in the top 20 percent of three or four things you're an all-star or you have the potential to be right hmm. so he's in the top 20 percent of writers but not number one he's in the top 20 percent of uh cartoonists so artists but by far from number one and then he's got a bunch of business experience but by far from the best business person but combine all that was what able to combining all that was what was able to make him really successful at Dilbert creating the Dilbert comic. Oh yeah. So saying, take that same thing, engineering and sales, that's a skill stack that would separate you from a ton of the pack is what, how I would look at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could see that. You're not the best. I'm not saying you specifically, but you're not the best engineer in the world. You're not the best salesperson in the world, but combine those two things and then throw on a third or fourth and you're a rare commodity. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. To me, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I guess I'm curious for you, though. Does that interest you? Or right now, does that engage you? Not that you couldn't change later, but does the thought of being a sales role within en- the engineering world interest you? <clears throat> uh, from what I understand of it so far, uh, not necessarily. Okay. But, you know, I mean, I have a high school education. I went to Michigan Tech for mechanical engineering and i've worked at my job now for three years yeah. you know i'm not I'm, i've not remotely been exposed to the world of engineering sales sure know? so i'd be open to it for sure it's not but it's not something that i've whatever necessarily thought a lot about or whatever yeah i guess this is a world i'm interested in right just being in sales that's yeah. i got so i but you and me we're both going to school for teaching at one point right yeah uh and and it feels like that you have that heart of a teacher like patient you enjoy teaching people things is that true i guess i don't want to put words in your mouth no i would say that yeah uh and i feel like that gets back to what a effective salesperson is as well like if you have the heart of a teacher um and again all those other things you're a good listener and all that like it's it all lines up right yeah um so I feel like combining that into it. So I guess that's just my thoughts is I'm curious what that would look like for you down the road. Yeah. Well, uh, with all those, or to all those, uh, engineering sales managers out there who have a big yeah. dollar slot to fill. <laughs> yeah. Hit me up. <laughs> right. Well, I, I just, I, I got excited about it. So I just think for you, it's just fun to put it at you and just something to stew on it. And I feel like I'm this way. Somebody mentioned something like that. And I just put in the back of my mind for three years. Oh, and yeah. then something comes up and it's like, Hey, that does sound cool. You know? But yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it's funny. You know, you were talking about like those, uh, whatever, call them formative years where we talk a lot about just like whatever. You have time on time on your hands. Mm-hmm. You just talk about everything right? to the nth degree. I used to think I kind of had myself figured out quite yeah. a bit, you know? <laughs> I used to have myself buttoned up and just like I, I knew everything about myself you know nothing would nothing could surprise me about myself and right. then over the years i've come to learn that <laughs> you, you just gotta be open to anything you just don't know yeah and my dad used to tell me that you should go to be an engineer and then i used to ask him what do you mean what do engineers do mm-hmm. and he would be like well i don't know they figure stuff out and i would just you know whatever probably was in in a phase of asking a lot of questions and whatever you know yeah but um yeah 
never considered it until my second or third year into a teaching degree. I was like, I think I'm going to go to be an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just. Yeah. Do you remember what pushed you to switch? <clears throat> Not necessarily. I think, uh, I think I decided that it would be something that I would be good at and that would kind of match what I wanted in terms of like a day-to-day what I'm doing at my job kind mm-hmm. of thing. For yeah. sure. Uh, but that's cool too. Like actually that was one of the things I want to ask you about is celebrating the ability to switch. Like you said, you had two or three years into the mm-hmm. teaching program, eh? Yeah. And then switch and then that's going to add another couple of years to your school experience. Yeah. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's cool. And I celebrate that later in life too. Cause like you said, do that when you're 30, 35, 40, whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. I feel like that's like, again, it gets back to the adventure of life is that you never know what's going to come yeah. down the road again. You gotta be responsible. You gotta yeah. take yeah. care of, I mean, you, things, you know, it's gotta make enough sense. For sure. <clears throat> right. Um, but then that does get back to again, too, just that adventure side of things. Uh, I, I, again, I'm just debating like that draw for it. I flip-flop between it's childish and why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like the same is true for like switching careers, you know, like <clears throat> for you to get out of engineering and go into something way different. It's like, it's childish, but why wouldn't you? Right. I don't know. I guess I, I, fl- I, I debate that those two things. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, you know, I like what I'm doing at this, at this time and whatever. I'm, don't have any plans to necessarily get away from it or I haven't, you know, I haven't really mapped anything out. I've just been doing my job and I like it and it's, you know, I can do plenty of other stuff alongside my job. So I like that, you know, it lets me do my hobbies and work on my house and just like, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever, do plenty of visiting and, you know, whatever traveling out of town here and there so i think yeah i don't know i feel like i have a good balance of things at the moment but Mm -hmm. um but yeah i in terms of picking a different career or you know pursuing something else um yeah i mean like i said i just try to stay open to anything at this point because yeah Mm -hmm. that i used to know that I used to know who I was and what I liked. And over time, it's just like, well, just about anything can work out good depending on what's driving it, you know? Yeah, but. for sure. Do you, uh, do you still find you are a people watcher? Yeah. 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 I, uh, yeah. One, yeah. One part I like about my job is that it's, it's a lot of back and forth between the, sh- the shop floor and my, and my desk. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, plenty of opportunity for people watching every day. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's fun. Isn't it, uh, fun when you meet somebody or start interacting with somebody that's just totally a curveball? Yeah. Uh, from what you're, you're used to almost, you can go through life. Like, Oh, we're going through the motions. All of a sudden here comes this person. That's just totally a curveball, And it like gives new meaning to life. (laughs) (laughs) Could you picture that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. 
or you're just floored like this guy is just an anomaly of some sort whatever or whatever you know like yeah 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 like dude i had a certain stereotype stuck in my head so hard and no one has ever broken it for <laughs> 30 years and now here's this dude who yeah. just yeah <laughs> the, the, the mold is shattered i gotta reevaluate everything <laughs> yeah yeah oh man the <clears throat> yeah it's interesting again everyone's on spectrums but i just sometimes like a lot of what i'm doing when i'm asking these questions is trying to learn like how are we similar how are we different where does it all come from um and again just asking those questions of like yeah like you perceive it this way but is it actually that way or is that you just telling yourself that way oh like, yeah is it just like how you justify something or your thought you know how yeah you how your justifications stack up or something. Mm -hmm. Actually, Scott Adams, that's another thing he talks about quite a bit is he was a hypnotist by training. Okay. Uh, and he said that, uh, the regular view of the world is 90% of what people do is rational and 10% is irrational. Like 10% of the time people go crazy and they do weird things. Whereas 90% of the time it's logic smart choices right yeah whereas the hypnotist view of the world is 90 percent of the time it's all irrational and 10 percent of the time it's rational <laughs> it's like when you're deciding which gas station to go to okay let's go to the slightly cheaper one maybe or whatever yeah. balancing your checkbook or milk on the counter what milk do you buy based on price some of those things are rational yeah. the rest of it like what's your job do you stick in that relationship where do you live all this stuff is totally irrational what vehicle do you buy it's totally irrational but you rationalize it instantly right yeah i feel like i believe that to be true more than the flip side that we're all irrational beings justifying it as we go what do you think i could see that i don't know i uh yeah i've always kind of been interested in like in that idea or just like how much of how much of your decisions are influenced by whatever subliminal messaging or whatever you know just like subconscious cues that yeah you know oh i'm gonna whatever it may be yeah i'm gonna pull into this store versus the other store or or like my favorite gas station is holiday gas station and you're a fool if you go anywhere else you Mm -hmm. know (laughs) that kind of stuff where it's way better because this 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 and it's like i mean it's a it's a convenience story right (laughs) (laughs) yeah which like quick trip is number one (laughs) by far but no no we we can agree to that sure yeah Yeah. (laughs) but uh no i've always thought that recently that's a lot of these topics that i will debate for quite a while in my head and just never come to an answer but i just enjoy debating them and that's one of the ones i've been debating for quite a while is like how much of why people do things are they actually aware of like the 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 truth cause or the subconscious cause or whatever right yeah uh like even thinking about most charitable acts are selfish right Hmm. that's a a bold statement but i'm saying most people that are giving money to the homeless are doing it to make themselves feel good it's not true across the board but i'm saying find me a person who's gone and done something great missionary work and doesn't talk about it right yeah i could see that whereas you could again you could argue like hey i need to talk about it so i can expose the world and and raise awareness whatever but it's still hiding they're still lying to themselves that this is also partly selfish um so but just debating that like how much of what we do is are we aware of the 
cause of it or like why we're actually oh, doing yeah. that. And I feel like you could picture people saying why they're doing something in any given situation <clears throat> and they're given their reasons. You're like, no, that just doesn't make sense. Like I, you can do whatever you want, but the reasons you're giving are not logical. Right? Yeah. 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 I could see that. It's probably just <clears throat> like stacked. I mean, if you're going to make a decision on every little thing all the time, you've heard of decision fatigue. Yeah. I have yeah. a rough understanding of what it is enough to say the term, but like, if you're going to make a decision on everything every day, like, are you wearing socks today? Right. You know, wh- why are, you know, what color socks are you buying next time? Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Are you wearing pants today? Are you wearing a shirt today? It's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to wear clothes today because people wear clothes every day, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, I don't know. It's just like, there's certain, whatever, stacks of decisions that have been made enough times to where you're like that's the right decision for me okay you know and then you're just eventually it's just it's it's unconscious you're not deciding to wear clothes you're not deciding to drive on the right side of the road you're not deciding whatever you know right if if there's no cars around i'm still gonna stay in my lane that's a i decided to do that not because it's you know there's nothing probably quote unquote rational that says the human brain makes the person drive on the right side of the road when given a choice on a two lane highway. You mm. know, it's just that whatever it's the, aside from just the socially accepted placed in the law thing, you know? Yeah. It's like, that's what you're doing. Yeah. But you're not <clears throat> to, de- to decide that you're going to do that every time you get in a car would just be exhausting for sure. Know? decide everything about everything all day yeah so it you know what jobs you end up in or you know bigger things like that what jobs you end up in what hobbies you have who you spend your time with i imagine all those you know even if lots of those decisions aren't by definition rational it's you know you you probably got there from just like so many of those decisions just being kind of hardwired because you made them so many times already. Yeah. So the initial choice potentially is the, uh, that's the question. Like to me, that makes sense. Eventually you get to the point where you're just going through the motions. It's not even a choice. Right. Like right. you said, right. Yeah. But what about that point where it's not like, again, which car do you drive? Who do you spend your time with? Um, what are your hobbies? Where do you work? Stuff like that, that where do you live? Um, anything big, right? Any financial choice, stuff like that. Do you think on average it's more rational or more irrational? I guess I would be interested in, hmm, yeah, (laughs) that's interesting. Like for instance, the next time I go to buy a car, I mean, my father-in-law worked at Ford for 30 years. Mm Mm-hmm you can bet that nobody in that family is not driving a Ford vehicle. (laughs) So the next time I go to buy a car, I probably won't think much about what make I'm going to buy. So to say that that's a rational choice by definition, I don't know. I guess it depends right on what, what you're putting out as like the, you know, if anybody asked me specifically, you know, are you, 
if I had to fill out a card, like, is it for gas mileage? Is it for towing capacity? Is it for longevity of the engine? Is it for anything? Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, versus what? It's a, it's a Ford, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Like, so, you know, whatever. Right. I don't know. The Scott Adams had used the example of buying a car and saying when him and his wife were buying car, looking at cars, they eventually got to the car and he said it was just perfect. Instantly, he knew him and his wife were going to love this car. It's the one for them. Fits everything about them. And the moment he saw it, he said, we're buying this car. He, he knew it in his head. And then they instantly started justifying all the things they like about it. What would work perfectly about <laughs> it? And again, it starts with that initial choice. Like, yes, this is happening. And then now let's rationalize it, right? Yeah. you in your situation i feel like you do have that thing where it's almost like i actually don't even care what kind of car i drive to an extent yeah it's all just the same thing with a different logo on the front maybe yeah um different color on the outside and fit in with the family and get the ford yeah for sure right i don't know and it's a you know I mean, don't get me wrong. Ford is the best vehicle out there, but (laughs) the best automotive manufacturer in the world and always will be. But um, yeah, just the point being that there's so much, I don't know, there's so much social, just social agreements, so many social agreements that bring you to a certain point where you're making a decision on what automobile am I going to drive on a day-to-day basis right that justifying it on the summation of those agreements and decisions made from those agreements is like I mean yeah I mean when you think about it compared to you know why why a dog poops where it does it's like you know that decision by a dog could easily be way more rational than my decision to buy a Ford truck, you know, <laughs> yeah. like by definition, at least. Right. There's just no, I mean, when you boil it down, uh, what are you even talking about? Yeah. You know, and what are we, what are we even talking about that there's however many automobile manufacturers that make essentially comparable uh, vehicles, you Yeah. Know? Like, how did we get here? This is whatever. I don't yeah. know. Not, not to take it way, way out, but point being, I don't know. I think you could probably say most of whatever we're doing on a day-to-day basis is irrational, but mm-hmm. but you can't function in that uh, mental space, I feel like. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, it just is what it is. You right. just accept it and roll with it, for sure, yeah, yeah. right do you have avenues like i've talked about a few things for me and the people watching and things that i'm thinking about do you have other things that we haven't talked about that you have noticed or observed or think about or Uh, have informed you hmm i'll have to think about that one a little bit because it seems like it seems like there is stuff that whatever yeah that I've noticed or that I like to keep track of with people or not that I'm like tracking things with specific people or whatever, but just Mm -hmm. things that I tune into when I meet somebody or if I'm sitting around and there's people milling, you know? Yeah. Just like things I notice. And it sounds weird because it makes it sound like I'm out in social settings analyzing everything. (laughs) And like, did did you put your dish away or did you leave it on the table? I'm not sitting there. I mean, you're you're just engaged with the world, but at the same time you are observing right yeah. i don't know like it's yeah. kind of a double-edged thing i guess but yeah i don't yeah 
but again, I wonder how many people are that way too. Like, I guess I keep going back to, it's gotta be a spectrum yeah, of, well, of interest, right? Like you said, yeah. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I never, and I don't know, maybe, yeah. I think there's different groups of people that really pay attention to whole, a whole nother different set of cues compared to others. Oh, sure. Know? Yeah. You know, certain friend groups pay attention to certain stuff within themselves, but then when there's others involved, it's not as important or like, you know, sure. at work or different, even just groups <clears throat> within work or whatever, you know, there's, I think there's, I don't know. Cause I mean, even in terms of people having their own identities, like what they identify as being or doing or having or whatever. I mean, the, just the fact that there is so much that goes into fashion or mm -hmm. you know what sports team you like or like stuff like that i you know i think it lends to the fact that everybody pays attention to that s at least some stuff right about themselves and from other people because it's i don't know it's kind of how people group themselves otherwise right. if nobody if there were lots of people who just paid zero attention yeah, I mean, there'd be a whole lot of people wearing muddy pants and <laughs> right, whatever, you know, not, I don't know. Yeah. It just, yeah, I don't know. People, people like to curate their identity, I guess. Yeah. The other side of it, then that, that's, you just cued a thought is that the, I was talking about the person who was totally unaware of how the, the fact that they're doing something frustrates people. Maybe that's my own metric. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like. I'm cued in on these five aspects of life. <laughs> they're cued in on these five aspects and I'm falling horribly short on whatever their cues are. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and to totally unaware of the fact that whatever their cues are, I'm falling way short on and they're looking at me saying, how on earth don't you realize this? You know? Yeah. Yep. That's gotta be true. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I can't uh, necessarily think of a good example to flesh that out but I, I agree yeah i mean but let's say somebody's metric is like okay i'm thinking about it like on a social aspect of like how do you interact with this person how nice of a person are you are um are you humble yeah right like probably applying uh like local upper michigan uh humility metrics yeah to the topic right um and just society, like a local society thing, a, a worldwide society thing, applying all these metrics that I'm looking at at the lens of, whereas somebody from New York is going to look at like, how aggressive are you? How hard of a worker are you? Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they have yeah. a total different metric. Offending this person means nothing to them. Maybe I'm just using that as, as an yeah. example. Right. But, right. uh, whereas they'd look at you and say like, why are you so cautious? Like take the life by the horns. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Or grab <laughs> what's yours or whatever, you know, like, yeah, to me, that makes sense. There's just different things that you focus on. That person made, yeah, absolutely just be focusing on something different. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. It's probably just uh, whether it's upbringing or what environment you grow up in or are exposed to or whatever. I don't know what it is. And just personality, right? Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah. Um, do you, have you ever looked into what your personality type is? Um, I think I have before, but I don't, do I wouldn't be able to say what it is. You don't remember what it was? No. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I, I have one last question. Unless you've got anything else that we should have covered that we didn't cover anything. Uh, no, not should have, but necessarily like something that 
yeah you thought of that we didn't talk about um i'm just curious for you on the our reading level are you a big reader i feel like you used to be maybe anyways do you do you still read quite a bit um no not really a lot of audiobooks and podcasts so okay um, and we were yeah. talking before we got on about the podcast you're listening to but what about audiobooks do you have any recent ones or what do you like to listen to on the audiobook side i listen to a lot of fiction i guess it's not uh whatever it's just a lot of realistic fiction just like murder mysteries or i don't know kind of anything sure that seems to be the thing lately there's a lot of those but i guess i've gone on kicks too of like listening to nonfiction, and then when it's nonfiction, it's things like uh you know stories of like arctic explorers or Hmm. um whatever like wild the you know about the lady who hiked the pacific crest trail or Mm -hmm. uh wartime stories and stuff like that you know so it varies quite a bit Hmm. yeah i was just curious if you have a, a a topic that you're you're drawn to oh yeah there and it sounds like it can vary and it will for me too for sure but feels like i could find trends but for you recently it's been kind of that more of the yeah some murder mystery stuff crime novels type yeah. things or whatever <clears throat> yeah okay yeah i don't know i i don't know i think i would i i picture that i would identify as a reader but i just don't read yeah i don't know i don't make time for it or whatever it is I mm. listen to audiobooks quite a bit though. <laughs> yeah. It's pr- like, it's not physically the same thing, but it feels very similar. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When you, yeah, I don't know. I think I got into it just because you can be doing other stuff while getting a story in, you know, yeah. but we always used to listen to audiobooks as kids too, going to bed every night, mm-hmm. put the tape player going in the hallway and mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I guess I appreciate you hopping on, Brian. It's fun to sit and chat. And again, we've had a lot of these conversations, but it's been probably eight, nine, 10 years or something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> so it's fun for me to just explore where does that come from? Uh, again, the people observing side of things. And I guess we'll never know or people can give us feedback on how much their uh, people watch, or maybe it's a universal yeah. thing and it's not as much of a spectrum like we said. Yeah. Maybe they'll comment and be like, are you guys kidding? I've been watching you guys for yeah. many years. I have you dialed in. <laughs> <laughs> and for sure our shortcomings, like I said, right. <laughs> yeah. you know, we've all got blind spots. Oh yeah. 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 That's, that's why, that's why it'd be interesting for me, especially to like see how I walk. Yeah. It's just like, or whatever, you know, see how I do certain things. Cause yeah, you get such a kick out of watching other people and thinking about, you know, I mean, you don't see yourself walk. You don't hear yourself walk typically, whatever, but it would be interesting for all the watching that you do and then thinking of how you would do things differently or how, you know, if they changed such and such then it would give a very different um impression or whatever Mm -hmm. and then to see yourself would be super interesting to see if you apply those observations or not yeah for sure (laughs) but (laughs) it is uh the unanswerable question though hey how the world perceives you and how the world sees you yeah you'll, you'll never know yeah right that's just part of life right yeah but anyways, Brian, I really appreciate it. Thanks. It's fun. Yeah. Thanks, Lokes. Yeah. It, it was fun. Yeah.
Hey guys, thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have and you feel so inclined, share this podcast with your friends, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and give us some feedback with a review. Until next time, thank you.